Welcome to Three Tales Max, the chronicles of my life. And I'm putting this together for really my family. The reason I call this Three Tales Max is if you hear more than three of these tales at one time, I guarantee you you're going to say, that guy's lying, that cannot possibly be true. Well, this is the truth as I remember it. An autobiography, a recap of my life, the chronicles of Three Tales Max. So let's get started. And remember, it's not my fault. Let me start with the title. Small Towns, Small Miracles. It doesn't always have to be small. But this one's not a huge miracle, but it meant a whole lot to me. It's kind of a funny thing. You know, I was, you know, brought up in this really, really small town. And let me just tell you, I like you, if you have never lived in a small town, you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, you want to do something, you want to go somewhere, it's usually a long drive. At least it was where I grew up. Uh, I grew up, there was, you know, I had a brother, a mother, and a father, and we had a great life, you know. I, I just loved living there. So, uh, you know, small towns has its own ups and downs. What can I say? You're not going to find the Metropolitan Museum of Art in my small town where I grew up. It's just not going to happen. But let me just tell you some things about it. <laughs> so, you know, food. What about food? How do you get food in a small town? How do you get gas for a vehicle or diesel fuel for a vehicle? Um, you know, how, how does this happen? How do you get to the doctors? These are all important questions if you are thinking about living in a small town. Well, I grew up, you know, a few years ago. Um, what can I say? I'm not a young man, but I'm talking about when I was a young man. So if you want to go to the store and buy some meat, well, it's not that simple in a small town. We had this butcher, okay, and let me just tell you, it was a butcher like you would think of in the 1920s. Little tiny place, you wanted meat, you'd go in there, uh, he had a, a butcher block, it was all you know, wavy and up and down because he'd been using it for so many years. I'm sure his father and his father's father used this thing because they were all butchers. That's just the way it was. Uh, the gentleman did not speak really good English. He was from the old country. He had a really thick accent. Uh, I mean, it's just a butcher shop. You wanted, I want um, a piece of meat. I want a, I, I want a steak. Well, guess what? He would bring out a quarter of a beef. He would take a knife, slice you a steak, cut the bone with a handsaw, yes, a handsaw, wrap it up in butcher plate paper, tie it with a string, write on it with a pencil how much it weighed and what it cost per pound. You know, I, you know what? I don't think he wrote on it what it cost per pound. He would say the weight and he would write the amount. No tax. Okay, this guy was cash only. Did not understand the concept of the government taxing him. You know, it's a butcher shop. You don't think much about it. You walk in this place right behind where the gentleman works. There was a deck of cards. One time I asked him, he said, what's the deck of cards about? He says, that was the best poker hand I've ever had. I had a straight flush. I said, did you win anything? No, nope, didn't win a thing. Somebody behind me was jumping up and down for joy and told the table what was happening and everybody folded. Okay, so there we are, the local butcher shop. But that's the only thing you could buy there is meat. If you really needed some in-depth stuff, 
<laughs> chuckle, chuckle, right? You know, you want to be at another place. General store? I don't know what to, I don't know how to, what to call it. Um, it was a place you went into. It was, it was much bigger than, than the butcher shop. Uh, it was probably twice the size. It was probably 3,000 square feet, something like that, in size, in the front. Okay, there's a front and there's a back. We go there. You ha- they have a, a, like a meat section where you would slice what we would call lunch meat or pre-processed meat or, you know, uh, my, my kids call it flat meat or whatever. But it was, you know, Lebanon bologna and turkey and ham, that kind of stuff. The normal stuff you'd see in today's grocery store. Okay, cool. But there's a lot more to it, okay? It was a hardware store. It was a hardware store where, oh, I need three nails, two screws, and a hammer. Well, everything was like kind of in a bin over there along the wall. You went and found it. There's no prices on it. You know, you, you pick this thing up. You take it to the checkout, which was basically a, a counter, all right? There was no cash register. There was a person at the counter, the owners of the place, take your money, and they did take tax there. But the tax went in a shoebox that was underneath the counter. Welcome to Small Town USA. Hardware store. Deli. Now this is the front. Okay. So here's a unique thing. Just, this, just, this just recently happened to me. I um, had a watch that broke. So I you know, said, I'm going to try to find. There's an old watch I knew I had somewhere. I found it. I put it on my arm and I put a battery in it and it fired up. And I'm trying to figure out where this watch came from, whatever. And lo and behold, Alice sees it. Says, hey, you know, it's probably not the same watch, but I bought you a watch down at that little old hardware store, grocery store, deli thing in your hometown. I'm like, oh yeah. Again, I don't know if it was the same one or not, but my wife actually bought a watch at this place in the front Okay, in the front. I mean, stovepipes, hoses, chains, ropes, whatever. Meat, you know, sugar, flour, milk. The essentials of life, right? Okay. What about the back? Now, this is all one establishment. So the, the front, you go to the back of the store, and there was a little door. And you would open it up, and you go through this door. It was like a speakeasy almost. It was a bar. Now, <laughs> a bar. In a grocery, hardware, deli, jewelry store, plumbing supply, you name it, there's also a bar. This was kind of a wild little bar because only the locals knew it was there. This was a locals bar. If you were from another town, you didn't even know this existed because there was no advertisement. It was legal. Okay. It was legal. They carded you if you looked like you were under the age of 12. All right. If you're 13, 14, you probably didn't get carded. Um, you sit there, you, know, you get a draft. I think at the time, I don't, I don't know. You know, I shouldn't say that. I don't know what a draft cost because I was a little kid when this was going on. Little kid, all right? I was 12 maybe, all right? Uh, so you go in there and, oh, if you've ever been in a small town bar, when you walk in there, I don't know if it's stale beer, body odor, food. I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but there's just a familiar smell to your local bar, right? The corner bar, so to speak. 
Yes, they sell liquor, they sell wine, they sell beer. But you're not going to get a cosmopolitan at this place. You're going to get a shot of beer. You really, on good days, could get a glass of red wine. Don't ask what kind of wine it is. It's red. Give me the money. Here's your glass of wine. That's the way it works. Welcome to small town bars. There's no fancy things. It's just not that way. But the really cool thing about this bar is they served hot food. So what's hot food look like in this bar? It's literally a flat top, about three foot by three foot. It's a you know gas power, you know, LP gas. You turn a burner on, the top gets hot, and you cook food there. There's no deep fryers. You're not going to get a salad, all right? You can get some lettuce on your hamburger, but you're not going to get a salad. They don't have salad dressing. They do have tomatoes and lettuce. That's out in the front. So if you ordered, let's just say you ordered a sandwich and you wanted a slice of tomato, a slice of onion, and some lettuce on it, mayonnaise, and some type of protein. So the bartender leaves the bar, goes out front, gets a head of lettuce, gets an onion, (laughs) gets a tomato. If they're out of mayonnaise, they pick up a jar of mayonnaise or whatever kind of condiment you want in this thing. They go to the deli and say, look, I want some flat meat, okay? And whatever, lemon bologna or uh, jumbo bologna. I mean, maybe you don't know what jumbo bologna is, but <laughs> think of, there'll be something for another time. <laughs> so uh, they come back. Oh, loaf of bread, you know, hot dog bun, hamburger buns. That's all coming from the front. Come to the back. Now, the bartender has left the bar. There's nobody there. Nobody's going to touch the money. Nobody's going to get behind the bar. Nobody's going to try to steal a drink. That doesn't happen. This is a bunch of local people. They will tear you apart. Because you try to steal from these people, that is the wrong thing to do. Okay. So, why am I telling you about this bar? That's kind of why I'm telling this story. Is because of this bar. Um, I recently just kind of thought about it. I was... Uh, cooking some food, and I, I uh, went to our local grocery store here, now where I live, current day, bought some hamburger, made a ham, made a hamburger patty, cooked it on my stove, and I just started to remember this. Right? I started to remember when I was a child. So it was a big deal for us as a family. Now, my father worked second shift, so we would come home from school, my mother would be there, and th- it was the rarest occasion that my mother would not have supper cooked. Uh, That was what, you know, parents did, you know, that just was part of parenting. You had a cooked meal. It didn't have to be my mother cooking. It could have been my father cooking. But my dad was at work. He went to work at three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, working second shift, you know, four to to midnight, four to 11, whatever that is. Mom would say, okay, let's let's go down. We're going to buy hamburgers tonight. I'm telling you, it was the best burger. I remember it so fondly. You would go in there. There was always this lady, black hair. Uh, she didn't talk much. She only had a handful of teeth, okay? Some had been lost, you know. There was no dentistry back in these days for this person. They didn't have a dental plan. Um, I'm sure it was painful. Okay, we're going to tell them, oh, I want uh, you know, four hamburgers. Two with ketchup and mustard and two with uh, ketchup and onion. Well, they go out front, dip up the hamburger. Because there's no refrigeration except for the beer in the back. 
in the bar. They pull the hamburger out and put it on the flat top. Now, I'm a little kid. I'm 12 or, or younger. My mother is out front in the front part of the store, not the bar, right? She's buying something. This always happened. Well, I'm going to go there. I'm going to buy some type of supply. I don't know if it was nails or bread or milk or eggs or what it was. And she would send either me or my brother back to the bar alone at night. Now it's probably four or five o'clock, right? Happy hour, right? Go in there. This lady knew us. She knew who I was. She knew my parents. She knew pretty much what I was going to order before I even said it. Okay. This is hometown. This is small town. This is what I love. This is when I get warm and fuzzies about, okay? I, I just think about that. You're a 10, 12-year-old boy. You walk into a bar. You tell them you want four burgers. And the bartender says, oh, yeah, two with onion and ketchup and two with just ketchup and mustard, right? Yes. You don't really have to say it sometimes. Sometimes if they see you coming, they'll say you get burgers tonight. And you say yes, and that's all you have to say. Welcome to the bar, man. This is the way it is. So I don't have any money. So what happens? I come out with the burgers, with my mom, you know, meet my mom. You know, it's not that big a place. I'm not lost. She's not lost. She's not hiding. <laughs> Pull up to the to the desk, counter, table, whatever you want to call it. Oh, there's your groceries at... What's what's in the what's wrapped up? Are those the sandwiches or what? No, 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 no. Those are those are hamburgers. Okay, so you you pay for them. Guess what? The, a hamburger cost twenty five cents. All right, you know, straight out of the deli, hamburger on the grill, buns, condiments, twenty five cents. This is. A fond memory of mine. Okay, it's coming around. You know, I'm uh, I'm, I'm doing this. I'll probably publish it uh, somewhere between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I'm getting all the warm and fuzzies from today's life. But these are some warm and fuzzies from from when I was a kid. You know, um, you, you you think about Christmas, you have fond memories. Well, I, I for some reason I don't know why I was cooking and I thought about these hamburgers. Okay, now this bartender knew me by name. Knew my brother by name. Knew my mom, my dad. Knew my grandfather. Knew my grandfather's children all by name. It's, just, it's a small town. People born there, grew up there, and died there. And that's what my dad did. You know, That's the way my dad was. Um, but I could not remember this bartender's name. No, I couldn't. And it's, it bothered me. It bothered me. It really bothered me. All right. So what do I do? I go ask my dad. Right? He's the guy. He knows what's going on. Okay. Oh, and by the way, this happened years ago when my father was alive. And my father has passed more than 20 years ago. Okay. Um, if I led you to believe that was going on right now, it wasn't. This was a while ago that this happened to me. Like I said, my father grew up there, born there, died there. He knows this lady's name and it's bothering me. And as I'm doing this podcast, it's bothering me again because I can't remember this lady's name. And my father has passed now. So what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to ask my dad. He can tell me. Well, there's a bit of a problem. Yeah, he can tell me. But when this is all happening, 
My dad is not himself. When he was a younger man, the way I remember, everybody has positive or negative memories about things, you know, and I have positive memories about my father. And I remember him as a very strong, you know, strong-willed, okay, and strong physically. Um, some people might say, well, that's just being bullheaded, all right, being stubborn. All right, well, that's the way I remember my father, whatever kind of, you know, adjectives you want to put on it. But the time that I'm trying to remember this bartender's name, my dad has uh, already had a stroke. Now, it's had some tolls on him. That's how he had the stroke. That's a whole other story. You know, he was, he, you know, he had this stroke. Um, and it left him somewhat, I don't want to say immobile. It, his, his left side was not as mobile as it used to be. He still had, he still had fine motor skills and he still could move around and walk. And he was all the same. But in his mind was 100%. I mean, he knew what was going on. The problem is, is he couldn't really speak, all right? So my mom has taken care of him. I've been visiting my dad for, for years. I mean, dad's probably been in this, all told uh, from the time the stroke happened until my dad passed was probably, I don't know, nine, 12 years. So this was sometime in that time frame. I knew what was going on. So I'm going to ask him, but he can't speak. So we've tried and tried and tried. You know, here's a piece of paper, dad. He could write, you know. Uh, he had really good penmanship. He knows what's happening. I mean, Let's put it this way. If you said, I want to go outside, turn right, pick up the third rock on the left, and throw it out into the yard. Can you do that for me, Dad? He would say yes, or he would say no. I said, well, then do it. And he'd get up and do it. He understands. He just couldn't talk. All he could say is yes or no. When he would write something on a piece of paper, he literally looked like you were drawing straight lines, like little tiny sticks, you know, about an inch long. And he would, he would do this. He would hand you the piece of paper. And you'd look at it and look up at him. It was, okay, conversations were, were difficult with my father. All right? It, they just were. And look, he knows what's going on. He would get bad. You could see him. He would grind his teeth. He would huff and puff. And, you know, he, you know, he only said yes and no. So he didn't always get it right. You say, so dad, uh, you know, are you wearing shoes? And you look down, he has shoes on his feet. He'll say, no. Say, dad, is that, is that right? And he'd start that, (laughs) that kind of stuff. And he'd say, yes. Right. But you had to give him time to consider what was going on. This is just the way my father was. He wasn't always correct on his first statement. So here we are, you know, again, the reason I'm talking to my dad is I, he knows the name of this bartender and I'm feeling nostalgic. Okay. Again, it was around the holidays. Maybe, I don't know. So I, I tell him, you remember we went to this place, the bar was in the back. You could get a hamburger. They were like the best hamburgers in town, the only hamburgers in town. Um, and you know, my father smiling and giggling, you know, he could, he could laugh. Uh, you tell a joke, he would laugh, you know, if he thought it was funny. And I was like, dad, man, I, you know, I just can't remember the bartender's name. What was her name? Now, folks, here's the miracle. My dad hadn't spoken a word. So here comes the miracle. 
My father hasn't spoken a word since he's had a stroke. We're at least five, six years in. Not one word other than yes or no. And he's not always correct. I've been just talking to him, making sure that he's understanding me before I ask this question. I'm getting yes and no answers. Here comes the question. What was the bartender's name? Something happened. My father started to speak. He spoke two sentences. My father started to speak. Normally, like he did when he was a 25-year-old man. Let me tell you, this this lady's name was, you know, again, I don't remember her name right now. Let's just say Jane Smith. Let me tell you, this was Jane Smith. She was the cousin to Fred Smith, all right? I used to see her outside of the bar. But she did make the best hamburgers anybody had ever eaten. That's it. Dad never spoke a full sentence again. You know, small town, small miracle. That's my uh, that's my miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, if you want to call it it. So it's one of those things, you know. I I say it about my children, and it came true for me and my father. You just you just never know what moment in time. You're going to make a memory of. Something I'll never forget. Something I'll never forget, right? Um, I remember the moment. I don't remember the words. I don't remember the lady's name. I just remember the feeling. It's a very happy time. It's a very happy time. I just remember the feeling. That warm and fuzzy, deep down inside, nothing better. I hope all of you have something like this in your life because it's absolutely great. That's all for now, folks. This is Three Tails Max signing off. It's not my...